It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of time. It's a Monday morning. Rinse and repeat. Welcome to it. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. As always, there's a lot to go through today. Hope you had a nice, relaxing weekend. In our region of the world, the weather was certainly conducive to a really nice weekend. And part of this week is going to be nice, too, before things start to change up. Everywhere around us is in winter. We're in another one of these bubbles. That's not going to last forever, though. Don Day, 645, an extended weather forecast, 745. He's on with me live to talk about all of that. Today's show is sponsored by the Reversible Bidet. It's refreshing for both ends. And now in soothing menthol. Okay, that one is extremely disturbing. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Truckers oftentimes do some of the best demonstrations out there, and not just here in America. There's truckers worldwide right now protesting about all sorts of different things. But let's start here in America. Headline. Truckers convoy heading to border states to take border back. Oh, nice. Now, we've had truckers convoy in the past, and they do get quite a bit of media attention in the conservative media. But, of course, when you tune into CNN and MSNBC and read USA Today and New York Times and so on, if they mention it at all, they're going to rip these guys apart or do the best they can to provide misinformation about what's really going on. And yet these are the people who say they're protecting you from misinformation. They're the purveyors of it. Here's the story. A trucker convoy is heading to three border states. The truckers want to call attention to the catastrophe at the southern border. Now, why would we have to call attention to it? Why isn't the news media properly covering this? If you're watching maybe one network, it is. If you're reading certain smaller news outlets, you'll know about it. But again, if you go into what's considered to be the mainstream media, they're not going to tell you much about this. And if they do, it's usually not correct or misinformed. But all right, reading on. The group calls itself God's Army. And the organizers take our border back, is what they're calling this convoy, are on a mission. They want to stand up against globalists, they say. They claim they're behind the open southern border and allowing illegal immigrants across the border. The plan for the truckers to leave Monday today from Virginia Beach of Virginia. They'll drive through the southeast stops made in Florida, Louisiana before they arrive in Texas. Those stops will be, of course, mainly for publicity more than anything else. Three rallies are planned on February 3rd. Eagle Pass, Texas, Yuma, Arizona. There's also California. Organizers see this as 
well, good versus evil, basically. And then they talk a little bit more here about why they are doing this in the story. The Convoy's co-founder, Givsen Go, has raked in more than $30,000 just this past week. He wants to get about $50,000 by Friday morning. He said, we're willing to die to defend our country. And so, okay. And he needs to raise the money, of course, because the fuel would be really expensive. So I don't know how many truckers are in this. I have no idea. We've had truckers convoys before that sounded really good on paper. But when they actually got out there to do it, not a whole lot of truckers showed up. But that's the story there. Now, there's a couple of other convoys. Let me scroll down and find them because suddenly I put them aside over here. Uh, morning, Here we go. So the mor- this is a headline. The morning briefing truckers are delivering anti-leftist freedom messages all over the world. Happy Monday, it says. In the early days, let me see, I drove, okay. This writer is talking about how he did some work as a trucker. American news media hasn't mentioned this much, but French farmers have been protesting over escalating diesel fuel taxes and the introduction of cheaper food from Latin America, which they see as a one-two punch to drive them out of the farming industry and compel them to sell their land. From Ukraine, current duty-free is also a threat to French farmers. So as I watch this, as I read this story here, it's a combination of not just truckers, but a whole lot of tractors have shown up too. You might have seen, if you're looking in the right place, some videos of the trackers too. The tractors will line up on hillsides and roads and turn all of their lights on at night, you know, and make a lot of noise up there just to try to get as much attention as possible. So between the truckers in Europe and it depends on the country you're in, and of course the farmers with their tractors, they're doing all they can to drive in long convoys to raise awareness of you're trying to destroy us here, which to me has always kind of baffled me. I don't understand. I don't think it's something that's understandable. Why is it so much attention and work is being paid to shutting down farmers and shutting down trucking. That's food. That's all sorts of other essential supplies, too. But food that they're trying to shut down. Where exactly do they expect to get all of this from? These are the same countries that want to shut down large swaths of farming area because they're trying to protect everybody from climate change. And farmers cause climate change, you know. And yet if they shut down the farms... What are they going to eat? They got to think about these things. So here again, we have truckers and farmers in this case, both getting out there with their big diesel engines and making a whole lot of noise. And while that, I think, certainly does deliver a message, although most of the message will be diluted by the media, but it does deliver some kind of a message. I think the real message is delivered as people not only see rising costs of everything, but when they arrive in their stores and there's really not a whole lot there. And it's going to start looking like communism all over again. Any socialist country where the shelves are bare. And the people, all they can blame is themselves because, look, these are countries where they can vote in whatever politician they want to vote in. And yet they keep voting for the same idiots that keep putting them in this position. 
The answer is real simple. I hear people scream every so often about you know revolution and stuff like that. I think the real answer here is, hey, uh, people, take a look at what's happening here and take a look at the idiots that we have in charge and let's make sure not to elect these idiots anymore. It, it really doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. So until people wake up, we're just going to continue going down this road. Men, beware. Use one dab of Brill Cream. Just a little dab makes your hair look excitingly clean, disturbingly healthy. This man dared to use two dabs. Now he's in trouble. We refuse to be responsible. Brill Cream, a little dab will do ya. Or watch out, the gals will always do ya. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six point two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so I told you about some truckers, and we'll see how many truckers are actually able to get down to the border to raise awareness of the border. You know, it may not be a huge convoy. It might be a huge convoy. We'll see what news media does with it. And it's good to see European truckers and also farmers with all of their tractors getting together. Massive protests in Europe. So let's see. Uh, Dan, control the food supply, control people. The farms in this country are being put into big corporations, and Bill Gates, the government, can control the corporations. And Jim, uh, Stalin called farmers the enemy of the state. The government took over farming and food distribution and promptly starved 7 million Russians. It's all about 100% absolute control. Yeah. And also, uh, let's see, a big deal in Germany... People are tired of the globalists. Well, now, and also, and I'll go back to what I said just a moment ago. There's still democracies there in Europe. They, the people can still do something about this. Quit voting for these idiots. I know the farmers won't anymore and the truckers won't anymore, but keep that in mind, people. Stop voting for this garbage. There, problem solved. Also reduce the size of your government. Vote for that. And all of this can be solved before, well, while you still have a democracy where you can do that. Make sure to vote them out. But no, as long as they keep voting this nonsense in, this is what they're going to get, and they're going to lose their freedoms. All right, yeah, a truck stop out of coffee? Yeah, Cowboy State Daily. Trucker, um, it's in right. It's a trucker commiserate in right. Okay, it's a... Um, there we go. Pilot Flying J Travel Center off of Interstate 25. Uh, 18-wheelers are pulling up there and so on. First thing to do, everybody goes for some coffee. One of the busiest truck stops in Wyoming, the Cheyenne Flying J, orders its coffee hundreds of pounds at a time. Right like many truckers uh, frequently, Wyoming busy truck stop like Flying J won't be happy if they pull over and there's no coffee there. Yeah, they don't drink Starbucks. They don't like it. They're way beyond tired at that point. Graveyard shift people pulling in. So the whole story is, what about if you showed up at one of these truck stops and there wasn't any coffee there? Interesting story. I just thought I'd point that out, that the whole trucking industry in America, as well as your overnight police officers, things like that, runs on those truck stop coffees. All right, now, there's a guy... 
in Gillette, Wyoming, driving an electric vehicle. Now, hold on before you think too much of them. Again, Cowboy State Daily, why are there people driving electric vehicles in Gillette, Wyoming? So Robert has a electric Chevy Volt, and it has a sticker that tends to raise eyebrows wherever he's driving around Gillette. Now, Gillette, of course, has coal power plants as well as coal and provides most of the nation's coal. Giant letters on his bumper sticker, powered by these lumps. In other words, powered by coal. He understands his electric vehicle is powered by coal. So powered by these lumps, and there's a picture of coal there. He understands he's driving a coal-powered car. To Avery, the sticker is a bit of a conversation starter. He's happy, he says, to have it out with uh, critics about the organic fuel industry. Okay, uh, He likes the sticker so well, in fact, he's thinking of having it duplicated and maybe for his newly acquired Chevy Bolt, which he has, which is, again, all electric, no gas at all. Now, I would actually like to compliment this guy. He might be, people look at him driving around in an electric vehicle in Gillette, Wyoming, and they criticize him for it. I would like to thank him for supporting the coal industry. Just pointing that out. Uh, He's not the only one driving an electric vehicle around Gillette, the story says, which is the heart of Wyoming's coal country. He says, I get a lot of crap about it because they say, hey, don't you realize you're in coal country? with an electric vehicle and I tell them I know that my electricity comes from coal I'm not from California and I don't have my head stuck in the sand so let me see Gillette provides for the energy industries the capital energy industry of the nation it's the centerpiece of Powder River Basin which not only produces lots of oil and natural gas it produces 97% or more of Cowboy State's coal It produces so much thermal coal that it measures into millions of tons. Wyoming, meanwhile, produces about 40% of America's coal by itself, making it the largest producer in the country. So now I'm just looking – I looked at this story and I thought it's interesting to me and I think good that if you're going to drive one of these cars – you might as well do it in coal country because then aren't you supporting the coal industry by doing it? Yeah. I mean, to me, it makes perfect sense. The Chevy Volt is upstairs. We'll be able to take a look at it. So what's charging the, the batteries right now? What, where, where, what's the source of a... Well, electricity? here. It's coming from the building. I mean, are, is it... Um, what's our mix of power? Oh, actually, Lansing feeds the building. So I don't I don't know... They're... Uh, I bet they're a bit of coal. Well, they're heavy on natural gas, aren't they? Yeah, right now, the car is charging off of your grid. Right. It would be charging off uh, our grid, which is... Nine about 95% coal. So, just so anybody recharging, especially in Wyoming, should know, but anywhere in the country, you're primarily driving a coal-powered car. So, while some people are in Gillette are giving this guy a hard time for driving coal, my answer is, no, he knows what he's doing. And he's supporting the coal industry. So, go for it. Coming up on some local news we have to take care of right after local news update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Phone number, of course, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. 
We get into an extended forecast with Don Day at 645. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Hey! Happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Thirty-six at time. It's wake up, Wyoming. It is a Monday. Welcome to it. Okay, every so often, I like to give you something to make your day, especially when it's like a Monday, right? Because a lot of people wake up, it's Monday, negative feelings on. So just something to make you smile, and then also something you can take to your friends and coworkers and tell them this story and make them smile. Because it certainly made me smile. My day job, I work for Asset Protection. Essentially, I catch shoplifters for a living. And we had a lady steal a $300 item. She outfoxed me. I'll give her that. I couldn't get to her in time, so she got the item and she walked out the door. But I went back to the cart she was pushing, and she left her keys behind. And on her keys was an alpha key. Alpha keys are used to remove spider wraps. Alpha keys are magnetic, carts are metal. You see what happened. So I collected her keys and went out to the sidewalk and see that her and another gentleman are out looking around the car for her keys. They shut the doors. I locked the doors. Now, at any point, she could have came back in and handed me the stolen merchandise. Nobody gave her back her keys. She never made that choice. They got on the phone, called for a ride, and left our parking lot. Now, in AP, we can have vehicles towed off the parking lot when it comes to shoplifting matters. It's any tow truck company we want. So I towed it out of state. See, now, to me, that whole story just made me smile. Let's review. Woman shoplifted about $300 worth of items. The guy who's there as security admits... Hey, she fooled me. But when the lady left, I shouldn't call her a lady, but anyway, the woman left, forgot her keys. Now, on the keys is something that will go ahead and remove, you know, when you go through the door with items you haven't purchased, there's the alarm goes off. Okay. She demagnetized those so she can get out with the stuff without the alarm going off. That's on her keychain, which means she's a serial shoplifter. She does this a lot. Because she knows to have one of those. On her keychain, no less. But she left her keychain behind. He has now the keys to her car. When he steps out front and looks, her and her friend are looking for her keys. So he locks her car. Which means that if he locks her car, they heard that. <clears throat> so now they can't go anywhere. They can't even get into the car, but they're not going to come back in the store with their items. I'll give you your stuff back if you give me my keys back. She's not going to do that. They call for a ride. Now, if the vehicle is left in their parking lot, he is allowed to have that vehicle towed. So he called for an out-of-state tow truck. So she might have $300 worth of items. But she also is minus a car. 
Okay. So how much did she really lose in all of this? Right. It's nice to hear with all of all that you hear about shoplifting in the world today. It's nice to hear a little moment of revenge now and then. And this particular guy got exactly, in my mind, the right kind of revenge. I mean, this was just absolutely perfect. And I like it that he was thinking on his feet. I have her keys. I'm going to lock the car. There they can't get in. Now, again, stand here and just wait. Come back in and get your keys. We'll make a swap. He's giving her, he didn't say that to her, but he... He knows the opportunity exists, and she knows it. But she made a different choice. Okay. I think what he did is absolutely perfect and legal, too, by the way. He's allowed to have her car towed off the property. No one ever said where he had to tow that car to. So to tow it somewhere out of state, and I don't know where that means. Where did he have it delivered to? At some point, that car is just going to start rotting away, and people are going to wonder where it, why it's there. Does he have it impounded somewhere? Is it on the lot of the tow truck driver? I don't know how this works now that the car is way out of state and she can't get to it anymore. I wonder if she's still making payments on the car. Then she's still continuing to make payments on a car unless she just stops making the payment. In which case, it's repossessed. She could always do that. But she's out of a car now. So she really screwed herself over. Now, you would think that that would make her think. You would think that she would sit down for a bit and reassess. Okay, I stole this stuff, but it cost me my car. Being a thief isn't worth it. But you know and I know she's not going to change her tune on this. This young lady is going to continue to try to live this way because this is what she knows probably didn't learn a single thing, which we all hope she would have, but at least that little moment of revenge, we got that. Hello, I think my friend just died. Okay, I understand. First things first, make sure he's dead, okay? Okay, I got it. Okay, now what? Well, that image is going to stick with you all day. He's talking to himself in a padded room, and you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. 6.48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, um, I had to double check to make sure of the time, and it was Monday. It is Monday. Okay. 648. In the six, okay. I have it at 648. Okay, good. Okay. I just, just before I opened the mic to say something to you, I had to double check it. Okay. My mind didn't want to go there. No, no. no. All right. It now, is 648. Is it now safe to ask you who's going to be in the Super Bowl? It is. Okay. San Francisco will okay. be in the Super Bowl and Kansas City will be in the Super Bowl. Okay. Kansas City again. They won it last year. They beat Philadelphia last uh, year. Anywhere. That, mean, that means Taylor Swift is going to be at the oh, Super Bowl. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't mind it. No, she was just. Why, why yes. are people having a problem with her. Because it distracts No, from, it doesn't. Does it, you don't think she's so? She's a fan. Okay, she's a fan. You know what? They've been showing celebrities at games for 30 years. She's a fan of one guy. So what? Okay. She was making out with that guy after the game, right well, in front of her. Right, right, Did you yeah, see the picture? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway. You know what? 
She's having a better year than me and you. I, yeah, well, that's true, too, because she got to make out with a football no, no, player. No, 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 you no, no, didn't. No, she, she makes oh. cash. <laughs> lots world, of it. Lots God. of cash. She's she, having a better year. She's going to make more cash today than you will in a year. Yeah, yeah. although although it is predictable. Anytime yeah. Kelsey does something great, yeah. they'll show her. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, she's got to like, celebrate. It, yeah. It's, like, okay. it's like automatic. I'm like, right. okay, she's a fan. She's yes. a celebrity. Got but it. She's a fan. That's okay. Okay, now, is... This anywhere the two teams that are going to meet the Super Bowl anywhere close to your predictions? Well, I yeah. I think I had San Francisco, but I didn't have Kansas City. Okay, so San Francisco is favored by two and a half points. The uh-huh. Super Bowl will be the Valentine's Day week. That'll be on the eleventh. Okay, from Vegas. Okay. <laughs> okay, we said so. This guy's got a lot of pressure. Hold on a second now. This twi- Taylor Swift's boyfriend has to one win the Super Bowl, yeah. Two not forget Valentine's Day. Well, no. at the same time. Well, yeah, he'll have three days. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think he's going to forget either. Okay, he better not because forget either. Can you can you imagine? You know, they have that media day. Yeah, you know, with all the Super Bowl players, which I think is halfway ridiculous ninety percent right. of the time. So obviously, when he comes up there, to be more about. Taylor Swift than would be about yeah. actually playing in the Super Bowl, which is why he's there in the first place. Right. I mean, is Taylor Swift going to make an appearance? No. In? I, I, I know. I just I saying, know. he better not blow it because he's got two ways that he can disappoint her in one week. Yes. But if he goes 50-50, yeah. you know, one for one, I yes. think that's still good. And he's on, okay, he's golden. All right, men's college basketball. What a game and what a win for the Wyoming Cowboys beating number 24 Colorado State in overtime on Saturday in Laramie, 79-76. An incredible comeback in regulation. The Pokes were down 11 with one minute and 11 seconds to play. It was an 11-2 run and, and regulation capped by a layup by Mason Walters off of an inbounds pass as time expired. It was a super, super cool play right on you. Cowboys outscore the Rams by three in overtime to win it, and maybe the best comeback in the history of the school. Sam Griffin at 24, Quail Cotton at 18 for CSU. Just a, a monumental choke. Big time choke. And they won't be in the top 25 this week. Now, UW 4 and 3 and Mountain West play 11 and 9 overall as CSU is 3 and 4 in league play 15 and 5 overall. The Cowboys will be at Air Force tomorrow. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team drove Fresno State on the road back on Saturday 69-47 to improve the 7 and 1 in Mountain West play 12 and 7 overall. Allison Ferdy got a double double with uh, 16 points and 12 rebounds. Tess Barnes also had 16 points and the Cowgirls will be in Vegas on Wednesday to meet UNLV. Junior college basketball, the Casper College women lost to Western Wyoming at the T-Bird Gym on Saturday afternoon, 74-67. They dropped to 17-5 and on the year. They came into the game rated 23rd in the country, but were ice cold from the three-point line, going 5 of 24. Casper College men got to 13-9 with a 100-74 win over Western, thanks to 23 points from Darius Robinson. The LCCC men from Cheyenne, 12-10 after a 92-75 road win over Northwest of Powell on Saturday. Golden Eagles were led by E.J. Scroggins with 31. LCCC women beat Paul 69-64, so they're 9 and 11 on the year, and the Golden Eagles have shot 57% from the floor in that contest. LCCC will be at Casper College on Thursday. High school wrestling, the huge Rondon tournament was held over the weekend. It was an all-class de facto state championship in, in, in Riverton, and on the boys' side, Thunder Basin from Gillette finished first in the team standings. Toronto was fourth, Cheyenne East fifth. Liam Fox of Cheyenne East won the 150-pound weight class, and Bo Russell of the Trona won that one at 165 pounds. On the girls' side, Star Valley took first with Cheyenne East fourth and Kelly Walsh seventh. McKenna Barham 
of Laramie first at 130. Meadow King of Cheyenne Central finishing first at 145. And the Tronas Isabella Decker took the top of the podium at the heavyweight spot. National Football League playoffs. Kansas City will play in the Super Bowl for the second straight year. And they beat Baltimore on the road in the AFC Championship game 17-10. to The Chiefs have won four of the last five AFC Championship games. San Francisco rallied from 17 down to beat Detroit 34-31. The Niners are in the game for the first time since 2020. And they will and then win in that Super Bowl. They played Kansas City. Detroit had a nice season, but they blew a 17-point lead. So that's a choke, too. You will, of course, be given another opportunity to amend who you think is going to win. This I'm, game. I'm still going to unless yeah. unless they miss the the bus to the arena yeah. to the stadium. Yeah, I'm taking San Francisco. You're taking San Francisco. Okay, I I will ask again just in case. Yeah, you know. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. Then we're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Seven on six at time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven. W-O-O-D-S. A lot of random topics today to start your Monday off with. Today's show is sponsored by the Reversible Bidet. It's refreshing for both ends. And now in soothing menthol. That is just so disturbing on so many different levels. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So let's go to some place today that's just easy to have fun with. I mean, there are some places, to me, as a host here, that are low-hanging fruit. If I'm ever sort of short on topics to talk about, I can just go take a look at places like San Francisco, where Dave, that guy I often hang up on, lives. Because, you know, they, they know how to do it in San Francisco. That's why he calls us from San Francisco and tells us how we're doing it wrong and they're doing it right. going to meet some gentle people there in San Francisco. So, all right. couple of stories I have for you. First off, some time ago I told you guys about a toilet facility that San Francisco wanted to make in one of their parks. Real simple. 
You walk up to this facility, and it's got two stalls. A little building, not very big. You've seen them. We have them here in Wyoming. Small building. And there's and this is where San Francisco would get really confused. Normally, there's a men's room and a women's room. What do they do in San Francisco? How do they decide which is? But anyway, probably just make it universal whatever. They might just put that on the door, just whatever. <clears throat> so anyway, there were two. So inside this building, there's going to be two separate rooms. Each one will have a toilet and a sink. That's it. Right? So how hard can that be? And how much money would it really cost to set something up like that? Oh, no. Years go by. One committee after the next. And some of the committees are, well, we got to sit down and have a discussion with uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs to see how this affects indigenous peoples. If you think I'm exaggerating that, I'm not. They actually have conversations like this. Years go by. They finally decide, okay, we're going to build this toilet facility in this park. How much? $1.7 million. And I guarantee you it's going to be late getting done and there's going to be massive cost overruns. Here's the story. Start with the headline. San Francisco still hasn't installed the $1.7 million toilet. Told you so. Knew this was coming. Story says, way back in October of 2021, San Francisco's effort to add a single small public bathroom. It was amusing because despite already having running plumbing for the toilet... After all they did, $1.7 million. Oh, I apologize. I thought it was going to have two stalls. One. One stall. Disturbing because it would eventually just be absurd in how much this is going to cost. So how is it even possible for one toilet stall to cost taxpayers $1.7 million? Well, union labor is a big part of it. And then, of course, all of those committees and studies... No real source of expense is long, well, the long list of bureaucrats. Wait a second. There's a link here. I might be able to click on. I'm taking a look and see if I can find. Okay, here's another story about it. All right. I'm going to see it later. I don't have time to sort of go through all of this. But there's a whole list uh, available here on all the different bureaucracies they had to go through to study this. All right, then. An architect will draw plans for the facility, one stall, toilet and sink, to share with the community for feedback. It will also head to the Arts Commission, Civic Design Review Committee, comprised of two architects and a landscape architect, and two other design professionals who, under city charter, contract a multi multi-phase review. All of the city projects on public land, ranging from building a single building toilet facility to historic plants and uh, plaques and putting up lamps and everything. Everything has to go through all these committees. If the toilet survives all of those people and more, it goes back through the Parks and Rec Department Commission, the Board of Supervision, before anything can be built. Bottom line, $1.7 million and the project will take three years. Three years. Now, for those of you who are in the construction business, let's keep in mind, they already have pipes heading out that way that they can just already have city sewage pipes going right by. 
So if you're in construction, how long does it take to put up that little building with one sink and one toilet inside? Three years? Three years. So, okay. The story is about the $1.7 billion toilet went viral back then. Governor Newsom put the funding on hold, apparently embarrassed by the whole thing. He should be. Part of the embarrassment was the author who wrote the story about the toilet. Heather Knight was able to find a much better deal by just making uh, a few calls. A company for a public restroom company who installs these things said they could do about uh, 14 bathroom stalls for under that price. Last April, the state agreed to accept an offer for a prefabbed toilet facility and one toilet, one sink. And that met the original $1.7 million of the state funding to go toward this. But he did it for a reasonable $1.4 million. Shouldn't even be that much. I wouldn't even give you ten grand to do it. For many residents, the episode illustrated why San Francisco so often gets bogged down in inefficiencies. Well, this is just government in general, folks, which is why I want the smallest government possible. Here's why. So if an army of more than 30,000 city employees and $14 billion annual budget cannot put up a simple one-stall bathroom, is there any hope for San Francisco? Quote, why isn't there a toilet here? I don't get it. Nobody does, said one agent who lives, a literary agent who lives in the Valley area. It wasn't that hard for them to do. Mr. Buckley said this week that the city's construction costs continue to be a challenge. And he contended that the city's permitting process contributed to the delay. The toilet still has to clear multiple hurdles. He hopes that physical work can begin sometime this year would be nice. But Mr. Buckley said the bathroom should be ready. Well, they hope by April for less money and sooner than originally thought. Again, like three years. Sorry says those who think the process is absurd. Well, of course it is. Whereas the original plan didn't have it ready until sometime in 2025. Imagine that. Originally, the original plan, they wouldn't have the toilet facility ready until 2025. How hard is it for those in construction listening to me? Again, the sewage system already runs by. The water system and the sewage pipe already runs real close. So all they would have to do is just put in a little building and put a toilet and a sink in there. How much does that actually cost? How much time did that? And they weren't going to get this done to 2025. And this is the state that wants to do high-speed rail, by the way. In other words, the story says this is San Francisco working at warp speed compared to how they usually go. The city supervisor who represents the valley wants to slim down the city's bureaucracy. Gosh, you think? He crafted a charter amendment to slim the city's government structure, which includes 56 commissions and 74 oversight bodies. Now, I don't expect you to agree with everything that I say. I honestly don't. But I think that you can understand why 
I advocate for a smaller government. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. I'm so happy to be here, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Still, I know the world's on fire, the situation's dire. A lot of work and courage gonna be required, but... I'm just happy to be here. Seven point two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, for those of you joining me, I was just talking about the city of San Francisco and how back in 2021 they decided in a park to put up a single stall toilet. Just a sink. Just a toilet. That's it. In a little building. Permanent. And it's already near a sewer and water line system. So easy to do, right? So since 2021... It's been through massive, well, one panel after the next, one meeting after the next to assess every possible thing. And they're not done. They figure it's going to cost $1.7 million to do. And their original goal was to have it done by 2025. They finally decided we can get it done for $1.4 million and we hope to have it up in April. I'm guaranteeing you when I report back to you when it finally gets done... It's not going to be April. It's going to be much later. And it's going to cost a lot more than that. So I asked some people, just in general, asking you folks out there, what do you think? So, let's see, Mike from Leeds, South Dakota, even union labor won't drive up the price that much. True, it's the bureaucracy that did it. Jude over in their mills, can we say kickbacks? Yep, I can think that's part of it too. we got to make sure the right people are getting the job, right? Can't just hire anybody. Red and Casper, when I was asking how long would it actually take to build a little building like this, less than a month, that would include finishes and inspections. I would say, and I agree with them, uh, but I would look at it and think, I, I think, I'm not in construction industry, I understand, but we're talking about one little building, make it mildly attractive, doesn't have to be the Taj Mahal, but some nice little building, right? One toilet, one sink inside. That's it. I think, especially because sewage and water is already so close by, just connect into the existing city systems. I bet you somebody could get it done in one week, including inspections. And when people, when, when they're saying, well, it's going to cost uh, $1.7 million, maybe we can get it down to $1.4 million. I bet you ten grand is still... A bit too much. But then again, you know, San Francisco prices. But you should be able to do it for that or under, right? All right. Next San Francisco story. There's a historic shop in downtown San Francisco that inspired the movie Toy Story. They're leaving because of crime. The story says the oldest store in San Francisco, which was the inspiration for the Pixar movie Toy Story, shutting its doors for good due to rampant crime and other issues. Jeffrey's Toy said Friday it will be permanently closing by the end of February 
after 86 years of service. Here's from uh, Twitter, iconic San Francisco toy store that inspired toy store closing after 86 years, perils and violence in cities downtown. The attorney for the store said, the store has been struggling for a number of years due to perils and violence in downtown environment, inflation, decrease in customer spending in general, but still. In a social media post, they said Jeffrey's Toys advertise uh, glass cases. And it's selling of the, well, because they want to sell the cases, too. They're selling everything. People, of course, in the area are completely heartbroken about this. The Post article said the, the store was founded in 1938 and had several locations for quite some time, but eventually settled there. But again... They just can't stay there. Now, that's not the only store. I've told you about other stores over time in the whole area that's closed down, moved out of the area. Even oh, just recently, just last week, there was one of the restaurant chains that's pulled out of there. I think it was an In-N-Out Burger, one of those one of those little burger shops that's very famous. And they've never really closed the store, but they're closing down also. The downtown area in San Francisco is mostly empty. And a big part of the reason that it's empty, again, it's crime, it's the drug addicts. Thank God when Xi Jinping from China came to visit, they swept all that away. Tried to make the place look really clean and nice, just so the emperor of China, that's what I'm calling him, he's not the president, could get a look at it and be really impressed by the city. But of course, shortly after he left, everything went right back to the way it was before. And let's not forget there's a a building. I'm sorry, I know. Put your coffee down or whatever you're eating. You're going to spit it up or choke on it. I got to say her name. And so there's a new federal building in the downtown San Francisco area. Of course, overly priced, massive building. Named after the Wicked Witch of the West, Nancy Pelosi. And people who are supposed to be working there were advised just to work from home. Because it's too dangerous to go downtown and show up for work. So your federal government goes through all the time and expense of building this huge building, a federal building in the downtown area, then advises people who work there, please don't show up for work. It's too dangerous. We cannot guarantee your security. So if you would, please. There was a time I would have loved to have visited San Francisco. Such a beautiful city. Historic for so many wonderful reasons. But this is one of several places now that I look at and go, uh, no way. Absolutely no way. Same answer I gave earlier this morning when I was talking about uh, problems in Europe, as well as problems in California, but across America as well. You want to get rid of these problems? Let's quit voting for the same morons who created these problems. And start thinking differently here. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. 745 Don Day is going to join me for the weather, which does change this week, but not the way you might think. We start off really nice. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come. 
It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 736 is the time. Wake Up Wyoming. Heidi John over there in Granite Canyon. I think you're right. It's the In-N-Out Burger in Oakland, California. First time in history the business has ever closed the store because of all the violence there. Now, I just want to do, for those joining, quick recap. For those who just joined us. San Francisco, we talked about this back in 2021, wants to put in a single toilet facility in a park. One toilet, one sink, one small building. That's it. That started in 2021, and they're still getting through the process here. They expected it to have it done by 2025, at least $1.7 million. They have now sped up the process, dropped the bidding price to $1.4 million, and hope to have it done by April. And I went through a long list of bureaucracies they had to go through and all of these different uh, meetings they had to have. And All right. But that's bureaucracy for you, and that's typical government. Your federal government's just as bad, by the way. Okay, now, let's pretend for a moment that I was mayor of San Francisco. And we're just going to focus for a moment on just that park. Somebody comes to the city council and says, hey, we would like to have a toilet in that park. It would be very handy. A permanent one, not some you know, porta potty thing, a permanent one. And the city council talks about it real quick and says, yeah, a one-stall toilet, that's a great idea. Okay. Well, as mayor, I'm going to say, no, great idea, we're doing it. Why have a discussion in the whole city council thing? Absolutely. Now, we'll say that this is, I've decided this on Monday. So what I'm going to do that Monday is start calling contractors. And I'm going to say, hey, I'm opening up a bid. Go take a look at this park. Take a look at that corner of this park. There's already a sewage line running through and water lines running through. So that's where I want it, right over there in that corner. I want an attractive little building, one toilet, one sink. That's it. So have your bids on my desk by Friday noon. If it's past noon on Friday, I'm not going to accept your bid. You have to have your bid on my desk by Friday noon. Well, I guarantee with all the contractors I get a hold of, by Friday noon, I'm going to have a stack of bids on my desk. And I'm just going to go rifling through them. It doesn't necessarily have to be the cheapest. Sometimes a little more expensive is better quality and looks and so on. But whatever the case is, I'm going to go through and say, that's a good-looking one, and I like the price. Okay. And I might even call that contractor and say, you know, haggle with them a little bit. See if I can get them down just a tad. Okay, good. So I got them down a little bit in price. It's now a reasonable amount of money. And like I said, if you're telling me it's going to cost $10,000, I think we're really pushing it because I think we can do it for a lot less than that. But all right. We come across a really good low price for a decent facility. And I want some guarantees from the contractor that if anything starts to fall apart, you know, in a short period of time, he'll come back and fix it. But okay. So with all of those different ones on my, you know, files on my desk by Friday noon, and I'm going to pick one by 12.15. See, 
Noon is when the last contract is allowed to hit my desk. By 12.15, I'm going to say this one, and I'm going to be on the phone with the contractor. By 12.30, I would have sewn up the deal, including haggled them down a little bit, and let's get the contract signed. How soon can you start, I'm going to ask him. Now, let's assume, because most contractors, they're a little bit out. They're going to, they're not going to be able to get to it right away. They have other jobs they're working on, and I get it. But for the sake of argument, let's say that this guy said, oh, I can start immediately. And I said, can you start Monday? Absolutely, I can. How long would it take you to get it done? I bet you he can get it done by Friday. We're talking one stall. You step into a permanent little building. There's a toilet. There's a sink. We're done. That's it. I'm thinking we can get this thing done by the time, in the time it takes me to get the bids. And then the contractor shows up and actually builds it. I'm saying two weeks. And again, I am assuming he can actually get to it right away, which is probably not the case, but you get the idea. Two weeks time. Under 10 grand. Wouldn't it be great if government worked that way? Wouldn't it be just wonderful if government worked that way? One of the reasons you find me so opposed to government getting things done is because government doesn't work that way. Ever. That's why they don't know how to fix anything. Everything they try to fix, they just make it a whole lot worse. Welcome to the life of an adult child. You wake up, it's time for coffee. Take a shower, it's time for coffee. Go to work, it's time for coffee. Get fired, it's time for coffee. And by 5 o'clock, it should be time for coffee. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here first. The only show broadcasting from a bunker under Devil's Tower. Hey, it's cold down here. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, 6 a.m. weekdays on AM 1030 and FM 95.1. 7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, we have another couple of days here of niceness, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, just really, really nice, mild, not much wind. Okay. Uh, it's about as good as you're going to do in late January. Okay, but then things start getting stirred up. But now I was watching your podcast this morning, and you're holding back on us here. The only thing I'm holding back are the exact details. Uh-huh. We, definitely, we definitely have a big change coming this weekend. Uh, and why we're, we're wanting to be a little thin on the details is where this low is going to track. We're going to have a strong storm, uh, wallop California, uh, the Pacific Northwest, and then move inland. Uh, it'll hit the West Coast areas on Thursday and into Friday. And then overnight Friday and the Saturday, there's a large piece of this storm that's going to break off and then either move across central or southern Colorado or end up in New Mexico and into West Texas by Saturday. Now, the reason why there's some hesitation is, is that if it takes that northerly route, we're going to see snow spread across all of Wyoming and could go as far north as Montana uh, and, and really bring about a big change. If it ends up in New Mexico, which, you know, I would say the chances of that happening are just as high, uh, then you're going to see all the heavier weather end up in Colorado and Kansas and maybe affect the far southern parts of Wyoming. So what we're, we're in a situation where we've got a change coming. 
but we're far enough out that uh, we're we're going to wait uh, on the details until we get a better idea on the track. Okay, so on that note, when you talk about precipitation, I mean, we can get snow or rain or maybe nothing here. So that means I should also watch the temperature because I guess you don't know exactly what that's going to be this far out. Well, what's interesting, this storm looks something like you would see right out of March or April okay. uh, because it's so dominated by the Pacific. I think we talked last week that this is El Nino really showing its cards, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's happening. It's basically just driving very energetic, moist Pacific air into the western U.S. And when that happens... Um, it kind of holds back any really entrainment of really cold Canadian air. Uh, and this is something that is more typical in, with spring storms. So there is actually the possibility that uh, some of this precipitation could start as rain before it changes over to snow in some locations. But as we get another day or two, get a little bit closer, we'll be able to find two things. The overall writing message, great weather for another four days, and okay. definitely we've got some changes. Enjoy the night. Just thank you, Don. All right, Don Day from Day Weather. Well, okay, um, at least you can get out there and enjoy it for the next couple of days anyway, and then we don't know what's going to happen after that. Did you get out this weekend, Frank? I've been out all weekend. Okay. I plan on trying to get out next weekend, too, okay. depending. Ridiculous. Yeah? What? What's ridiculous? The weather. Oh, the weather is. You know, you know, oh, yeah, you know guess what? When you have to drive through it, you think yes. that's fun? Yeah, okay. Uh, Frank, I think that, okay, there's two guys that I have to deal with in this segment that both make predictions, and both of them are repeatedly wrong. You and Donde. Yeah, you know, but the weather guys, they can be wrong half the time. Yes. And, and, and that's actually, and that's, you know, let's put it this way. They could be right half the time, and that's yeah. pretty good. Yes. In baseball, that's hitting 500. Yes, but as a sportscaster... Do you think you're more right than Don Day is in your prediction? No. I'm not trying to pick on you here. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not hitting 500, I can tell you that. Yeah, okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Not okay. even close. So yeah. you report what happens, but you rarely make predictions. Well, because they're all wrong. Yes, okay. That's what I just want to make sure. So that brings me back to as we start, when's the Super Bowl supposed to happen? It's going to be on the February, February the 11th. The 11th. We're getting real close here. Yeah, because well, they're going to have a couple of weeks. You know, okay. Got to hype the game, you know, right. and stuff like that. So anytime someone turns on any kind of sports television, all they're going to see is the commentators tell us what they think is going to happen. Exactly. Yes. For days. For days, yeah. And they're going to analyze this position by position. Right. So if you want to get anything correct here, I would say just ignore those guys because if you want to have – here's a better idea. If you want to have fun, listen to what those guys are saying and then try to figure out if any of them, even one of them, yep, got yep. something right. And, and the other thing is that, on, on a more serious side, is that the people who bet big money on this, yeah. they're the ones who are listening to those guys. Okay. Okay. Here, okay. Here's my predictions for the Super Bowl. Okay. There's going to be a lot of people there. Yeah. There's going to be some really cool commercials. Yeah. And there's going to be a halftime show. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, 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 and San Francisco will be there. And there's going to be and a Kansas lot of attention. Sure, and there's going to be a lot of attention paid to t- Taylor Swift, whatever yeah, she's doing, yeah, whatever she's doing. Yeah. And the commentators that are are supposed to be commentating on football, yeah, are going to spend a lot of time commentating on what Taylor Swift is doing. You know why? Yeah. Because news and yes. entertainment and sports is driven by one entity, right? Yeah, Twitter. Yes. That is what's driving the bus. If it's hot on Twitter, they're going to do it. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, well, and also TikTok. That's big. That's yeah. another one. Oh, yeah. That's a huge one these days. I mean, Twitter oh. isn't even called Twitter anymore. <laughs> Whatever it is. All right. Men's college basketball. What a game and what a win for the Wyoming Cowboys beating number 24 Colorado State in overtime on Saturday in Laramie 79-76. Listen, an incredible comeback in regulation. The Pokes were down 11 with 1-11 to play. It was an 11-2 run to end regulation cap by a layup by Mason Walters off an inbounds pass as time expired. It was a really, really good play right on cue. Then the Cowboys outscored the Rams by three in overtime to win it. Maybe the best comeback in the history of the school. Sam Griffin with 24 points. Sequel caught with 18 for CSU. Just a monumental choke. And they won't be in the top 25 this week. UW now 4-3 and three in Mountain West play. 11-9 overall. CSU 3-4 and four in league play. 15-5 and five overall. And the Cowboys will be at Air Force tomorrow. Wyoming Cowboy Cowgirl basketball team drove Fresno State on the road on Saturday. 69-47 to improve to 7-1 and one in Mountain West play. 12-7 and seven overall. Allison Ferdy with a double-double. 16 points and 12 rebounds. Tess Barnes also at 16. Cowgirls will be in Las Vegas on Wednesday to meet UNLV. Juco basketball. The Casper College women lost to Western Wyoming at the T-Bird Gym on Saturday afternoon, 74-67, to drop the 17-5 and on the year. They came into the game rated 23rd in the country, but they were ice cold from the three-point line, going 5 of 24. Casper College men got to 13-9 and with a 100-74 win over Western Wyoming, thanks to 23 points from Darius Robinson. The LCCC men from Cheyenne, 12-10, after a 92-75 row win over Northwest DePaul on the road on Saturday. Golden Eagles were led by E.J. Scroggins with 31. The LCCC women beat Powell 69-64, so they're 9-11 on the year, and they shot 57% from the floor in that game. LCCC will be at Casper College on Thursday. High school wrestling, the huge Ronthon tournament was held over the weekend in Riverton. Is it all was an all-class meet, really the de facto state championship. In on the boys' side, Thunder Basin from Gillette finished first in the team standings. Natrona was fourth, Cheyenne's fifth. Liam Fox of Cheyenne won the 150-pound weight class. And Bo Russell of Natrona placed first at 165. On the girls' side, Star Valley took first, Cheyenne's fourth, Kelly Wall seventh, McKenna Barham of Laramie first at 130, Metal King of Cheyenne Central first at 145, and Natrona's Isabella Decker took the top of the podium at the heavyweight spot. National Football League playoffs, Kansas City will be in the Super Bowl for the second straight year. They beat Baltimore on the road 17-10. In the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs have won four of the last five AFC Championship contests. San Francisco rallied from 17 points down to beat Detroit 34-31. A great way for the 49ers to win, who last played the Super Bowl in 2020 against Kansas City. That's a big choke for the Lions, but they had a good season overall. When do you go shopping for your Super Bowl goodies? Um, probably Friday, the, 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 the Friday before the Super Bowl. It's Friday before. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you would think that stores would be ready. For this. Yes. There's going to be no bare shelves. Frank, stock up on your way home now. Now? Now, yeah, because that way you're not trying to hunt for what's left over. They'll be stale by the time they can, the game starts. It depends on what you buy. True. Yeah, okay. I mean, True. we're, we're talking about stuff in bags, right? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay yeah. And then beer doesn't get stale by then. Well, I'll, I'll wait until the day yeah, before. Okay, thank yeah. you, Frank. Coming up on some, well, I like shopping early. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. News time, weather forecast, wake up when. On deck.
8.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is officially a Monday, so rinse and repeat. We do this all over again. Today's show is sponsored by the Reversible Bidet. It's refreshing for both ends. And now in soothing menthol. Every time I play that, which is at the top of every single hour, it just gets more disturbing than the last time I played it. But okay. Um... I think I'm most concerned about the menthol. Anyway, open phones, rain the 8 o'clock hour. Here we go. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject, fine by me. So, the climate activists have been at it again. And once again, they decided to attack a major work of art, this time big-time major work of art. They're doing this because they're convinced that the end is nigh. So put on your respirator and let's fix that generator. While we're out, we'll mend our fences too. See, I'm not afraid of dying. Just got reasons for surviving. I want one more day in the apocalypse with you. Oh, what a sweet love song that is. So, okay, let's take a look at what happened here. Uh, climate activists hurl soup at the Mona Lisa. Now, you're thinking, how did they get so close to it? Well, if you take a look at the barriers that they have set up, there actually are quite a few things to keep people quite a ways away from the Mona Lisa, but they flung the soup a great distance across all of the barriers. Attractive-looking barriers, too. Now, if you're thinking, oh, that's it, Mona Lisa destroyed. No, and a long time ago, they made sure Mona Lisa was hidden behind glass and all this kind of stuff. So they really never, like with the other paintings they attacked, they never really did any damage to it. But okay. And two climate activists threw soup at the face of the Mona Lisa in Paris Sunday morning, demanding the government promote the right to healthy and sustainable food. In the latest of all, well, hang on a second now. <clears throat> um, that was already happening. It's European governments that are trying to shut down healthy and sustainable foods. All these farmers out there working like crazy to produce food for people. Your grocery stores are full. I guess maybe they have a different idea of what healthy and sustainable is. But all right. In the latest assault framed of art, uh, two members of the food response, is what they call themselves, managed to sneak cans of, oh, this is butternut squash soup. Ooh, that's good stuff. Into the Louvre in Paris. And hurled it at the most famous painting in the world. Uh, unfortunately, Mona Lisa, covered in armored glass and therefore not damaged. The green activists said that their actions were meant to kick off a campaign of civil resistance. 
What's more important? Art or the right to healthy and sustainable food? Okay. I'm going to play just a little bit of the audio here. There they are throwing in stuff. They go underneath the barriers. Yeah. So you get the idea, right? Okay. So let me give you a, a, a thought that some people might be a little shocked when I say this. But hear me all the way through. You do not have a right to food. Food is not a right. There's a lot of things that people are saying are a right now, but it's not a right, as they define what a right is. A right is not a product or a service provided by the government. So I heard people say, healthcare is a right. No. A right is not a product or a service provided by government. What government does is make sure that access is available through the free market. In other words, you're not being lied to or screwed over or conned. They'll take care of the bad players. If you purchase something, you're not getting ripped off. If somebody does rip you off, the product isn't quality or it was, you know, um, you can talk price, but you got to watch that one. But also the product was garbage or you didn't receive your product, whatever the case is. If that's the case, if dishonesty is involved, then that's when government will step in and take care of those people for you because government's job is to make sure that things are done fair and honest. Or that food, like health care, is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to yourself. It's your responsibility if you have a family to them. That's what you're responsible for. That's what living in a free society is. Now, if you want to live in a society where food is a right, in other words, their definition of what a right is, is it's provided by the government. You can go live in places like that, but I warn you, the shelves are empty. Because as soon as government gets involved in trying to provide something for you, you know what happens to it. Prices skyrocket. It becomes scarce. It really scarce. And what you do get, what little is left, is not good quality. And I know that for a fact because everywhere government has tried to provide things like that for people, it's failed miserably. It's called communism, socialism. Government's going to provide housing because housing's a right. Government's going to provide health care because it's a right. Government will provide food and transportation and energy so you can turn on lights Stay warm in winter, cool in the summer, etc., etc. All of that's supposed to be a right, and government will supply it for you. And in every single case where government's supplying all of these things, how's that worked out? One of my favorite examples of this is there's only one fat man in North Korea. Only one. R.H. in Wiggins, Colorado. Hi, Glenn. If healthcare is a right, then doctors are slaves. Exactly. Yeah. Because they have to work as conscripts, basically. Rianne and Fort Danger, explain, please, what is going to accomplish for them. How does tossing soup at paintings do anything at all? Man, these kids are dumb. Yes, they are. Well, what it does do is it gets them some publicity. Now, I think, and I want to say this was Mercedes-Benz, the cult of climate change, a while back. Uh, A couple of people went into 
a room where a Mercedes had its latest vehicle on display. And they didn't throw soup or anything at stuff, but they tried gluing themselves to things and protesting. And what the people at Mercedes did was they just walked out of the room, turned off the lights and shut the doors. Now, these climate activists are stuck in the room by themselves, glued to the floor or whatever they glue themselves to. And there's nobody there. And they almost didn't get any publicity at all. Now, I know me talking about it is a little bit of publicity, but it is interesting to talk about them in this light. I think the best thing to do is let them go ahead and throw paint or throw, um, well, paint or soup or whatever at the Mona Lisa. Let them do it. And immediately the room is cleared and the lights are turned off. No reporters. And after a while, especially if the activists glue themselves to something, after a while they realize they're in trouble. But if they don't glue themselves to anything, they just stand there and protest and so on. Well, eventually they realize nobody's paying attention to them. Because all this is is just an attempt to get attention for their cause. I'm glad the Mona Lisa was not hurt. But you're right, Rianne. It doesn't do actually anything to solve the problem. Ain't no way you'll ever find me behind the wheel of an electric car. I want that 10 miles per gallon. Oil leaking. No muffler having. Screaming V8 driving down the highway. Wake Up Wyoming goes anywhere you do with the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free download for Apple and Android. This is K2 Radio. Eight points of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So for those just joining me, I was talking about a couple of activists who threw some soup at the Mona Lisa and their food activists because we have a right to clean, healthy, sustainable food. And their definition of a right is it's a product or a service provided by the government, which is not what a right is. A right is not a product or a service provided by the government. Now, for those who think it is, then I would like to ask you, where is my gun? Yeah, no, think about this for a minute. The Constitution of the United States says I have a right to bear arms, right? Did you hear? The government is giving away free guns. Yes, free guns. Gun manufacturers around the nation will be mandated to give every citizen a free gun with ammunition. As you know, the U.S. Constitution states that you have a right to bear arms. And since we've been told that anything that is a right, like health care, is given to you by the government for free, then that must mean that soon you'll be able to pick up your free gun. And since free contraceptives are also a right, then that means you get free bullets, too. Yes, right now, the U.S. government is borrowing money from China and future generations and raising taxes on the mega-wealthy just to make sure that you get your free gun guaranteed under the Constitution. Because now, anything that's a right in this country is given to you for free. Healthcare is a right, and you have the right to bear arms. It's your right. See how that works now. Some of the notes I got here, wags from Cheyenne. Glad they were protesting the right for everyone to have ninja stars. Rhianne, in Fort Danger, someone needs to explain to these kids government could provide them with housing, food, health care, and fine. But they also can take all of that away 
and leave you destitute. And that's why it's a responsibility. In a free country, it is your responsibility to take care of these things. These things are not to be given to you by government for free. And again, we see what happens when government does provide free everything. People wind up with nothing, not even freedom. Smalls and Casper, you are correct. Healthcare is a service, not a right. Same as plumbing, electricity. Thank you for stating that. You're welcome, Smalls. RH is in Wiggins, Colorado. Hi, Glenn. If healthcare is a right, then doctors are slaves. True. And if you think about, yeah, doctors have to perform. They have no choice. If healthcare is a right, then a doctor cannot refuse to see you. Government will control, tell a doctor where, what he's going to practice, where he has to live, what he's going to get paid. And that's been tried before with universal health care, and it turns out to be the worst health care on the planet. So for the kids, oh, there was a comment also. So they're throwing soup at the Mona Lisa to protest food. Why not give that food to somebody? That's a good point. Why not? I mean, why throw soup at the Mona Lisa if you want to make sure that everybody has food? Okay. But then again, these are kids in contradiction they think they're the smartest people in the rooms yet yeah okay so let's move on to something else real quick here there's a site you're gonna love this no really you're gonna love this there's a site that i go to every so often called everyday feminism yes it is every bit if not worse than it sounds they just posted a story Seven harmful ways parents often wield adultism against their kids. <laughs> yes, that's right, you parents out there. You are guilty of adultism. And all of this time, I've been struggling with adulting, which I have been failing miserable at. You were told that at a certain point, you are supposed to grow up. How dare you tell me to grow up? But I'm supposed, you, you are, we're all supposed to grow up, leave home, take care of ourselves, be independent. That's called adulting. But if you're adulting, you're guilty of adultism. Not adultery, adultism. Now, for those people who were throwing soup at the Mona Lisa and saying that food was a right, they're the same kinds of people who will say health care is a right, et cetera, et cetera. Housing is a right. They don't want to adult. They have no intention of adulting. They want to be taken care of for the rest of their lives. They don't want anything to be their own responsibility. Seven harmful ways parents often wield adultism against their kids. Ah, okay. The author of this article, oh God, where do I even begin with this? In the aftermath of my article, she writes, children's right to consensual hugging, where I posted that no kid should be forced to hug someone where they don't want to. There's quite a divide from readers as to whether or not I was the devil. Now, I don't think this person's the devil. I just think they're an idiot, but that's all another thing. All right. And while some people are pleased with the article, usually on the yes, this is what I had to deal with as kids 
you know, someone wanting to hug them and they don't want to be hugged. Okay. Let's get down to the adultism here. <clears throat> One. Uh, so, still, if you're not sure about this whole adultism thing, okay, here are some examples of adultism that play out in everyday lives. One, children solely existing to accessorize the adult. Children do not exist to make an adult feel complete, worthwhile, or fulfilled. <clears throat> um, for you parents out there, does your family, not just your kids, but your family, make you feel complete, worthwhile, or fulfilled? Okay. They will not save your marriage. They will not get your significant other to stop abusing you. That part I, re I agree with there, but still. Children being flaunted as status symbols. Okay. I still don't see what that has to do with adulting. There are some people, I will agree, who like their kids to be successful and they use it as a status symbol. But hang on. It's good to be proud of your kids' success, and it's good to encourage your kids to be successful. And when your kids are successful, bragging about it is a good thing. Did you see what my kid did? Not just because you're proud of your kid, but you're proud of the way you raised your kid. I would say that that's a good thing. Now, hang on, because I got some more here. Um, you know, again, why you as an adult should not be guilty of adultism. Again, not adultery. <laughs> Get into that distribution. All these people kill me. <clears throat> and, and they waste their time on this rather than... I'll tell you what not to waste your time with. I'll, I'll get into that in just a bit. Because when I'm done with this, I'll tell you how you actually lead a really good life of accomplishment rather than this kind of nonsense. There's a reason I bring these people to light. But hang on. 8.30, local news coming your way. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS, wake up, Wyoming. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Eight thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So, okay, um... I'm reading from, this is always fun to go to. This is the website Everyday Feminism. And the headline is uh, just probably one of the best I've read for them in a while. Seven harmful ways parents often wield adultism against their kid. Adultism. <clears throat> yeah, because I thought adulting was a good thing, but okay. Um, solely existing as a, your, well, having your child around. To make you feel more fulfilled, which is often a good thing. Children being flaunted as status symbols. Well, my thought is if your kid is doing great and you're raising your kid and that's part of the reason your kid's doing great and you're proud of your kid, that's good. Children being raised as a mini-me, 
There is sometimes a problem with that. Let the kid be themselves, I think. Don't raise them to be you, but okay. Thinking your child owes you because you provided them the basics of life. Well, hang on. I kind of look at that and think, what the hell's wrong with that? I mean, you gave birth to the kid. You, you made the kid, gave birth to the kid, raised the kid, gave him time, money, love, pain, all of it. I mean, you, you really did all you could, put a lot, put a lot, heart and soul, and even financially into the kid. If at some point you turn to the kid and, hey, um, little payback here, I don't think that's... Um, too much to ask. Part of the reason I home cared my dad without questioning it. Uh, excusing parental abuse, it's uh, since it's from parent. I don't think any kind of abuse is good, but okay. Regarding rules as a form, it depends on how they want to define abuse. This is everyday feminism anyway. <clears throat> Regarding rules as a form of parental power, well, depends. What are your rules here? Because I am all for reasonable rules, not as a way of showing power, but kids need borders and, you know, they need to know what the limits are, right? Okay. A parent's job is to show children how to be awesome in the world, not how to be awesome to only the parent. That doesn't even make sense reading on. And finally, viewing children as having fewer rights than adults. Well, I do think that uh, kids do have fewer rights than adults because they're kids. And they don't know yet. Like an example, if I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and let's say there's a local restaurant that I can go to and get something to eat at 2 a.m., I can just walk out my door and hop in my car and go get that at 2 a.m. because I want to. Because I'm an adult and I'm allowed to do that. Your kid can't do that. Why not? Because they're a kid. They don't know what they're doing yet. So, no, kids don't have as much rights as adults because they're not ready for them yet is basically it. Now, when it comes to... Well, hang on. Before I do this, I'm going to pick on not just the people who are throwing soup at the Mona Lisa this weekend, but this everyday feminism crowd. But before I do that, the management of Town Square Media insists that, and if I have to do it, you do too, we have to promise to be nice. Be courteous, kind, and forgiving. Kind and forgiving. Yeah, okay. Be gentle and peaceful each day. Gentle, peaceful, fine. Be right. warm and human and grateful. Warm and fuzzy, by the way. And have a good thing to say. Or don't say anything at all. Be thoughtful and trustful and childlike. Childlike, immature, that's Be me. witty and happy and wise. Wise, I don't know, but... Be you know. honest and love all your Except neighbors. for that one jerk up the road, I hate him. Be obsequious, purple and clairvoyant. I can go with the clairvoyant. Be pompous, obese, and eat cactus. Uh, cactus. Be maybe. dull and boring and omnipresent. Never boring. I'm in this show. Criticize things you don't know. That's all I do on this show. Put a live chicken in your underwear. Carl. Put a live chicken in your underwear. Go into a closet and suck eggs. Okay. Which is often what I tell the people I'm about to talk about to me. Just go into a closet and suck eggs. But okay. <clears throat> Here's the deal. So we have these activists that went to this weekend, the Mona Lisa, and threw some soup at it 
so they can get some attention to make a point. No damage to the Mona Lisa was done. It's behind bulletproof glass. Last week, I played you the audio of a young lady who has grown her armpit hair out. And she does this. And she also has her head shaved in a weird way and all sorts of tattoos and piercings. And she intentionally and colored and all that kind of stuff with her. She does all of this to shock people. Because if she gets a certain negative response, she already knows who you are. That's what she said. That's why she has armpit hair. Some people even color their armpit hair to get a reaction from you on that. Some people even braid it and put beads in it to get a reaction from you. Then there's a group from Everyday Feminism with the ridiculous causes they bring up and on and on it goes, right? To me, all of these people are people who have never really accomplished anything with their lives. The reason they want socialism is so somebody can take care of them. That way they don't have to take care of themselves. There's no responsibility there. But, of course, they have to seem important. So they have to criticize everybody and everything except themselves. They will never look at their own faults or flaws and want to change anything about themselves. God forbid you should tell them that they're wrong about something. In the end, or as some people say at the end of the day, but at the end of their lives, when you look at these people, they have never accomplished anything ever now i follow this one young lady at 15 years old she wanted to go to outer space if you remember was it a year or two ago spacex put a bunch of civilians in orbit not one orbit like three or four orbits up there and they were farther out than the international space station in their orbits civilians a capsule full of civilians to show it could be done she was one of them. If we end up going to Mars, she wants to be on that Mars mission, and she's probably going to do it. Young lady, and look at what she's accomplishing already. And oftentimes I find young people who are great mathematicians or engineers or athletes or and on and on it goes. So pilots at a very young age, so many people that I see accomplishing great things at a very early age, every day that they get up, it's about what they will achieve, what they will accomplish, what they will produce, the good they'll do for themselves, for society, for humanity. These are very smart, accomplished young people who do great things. They're not growing out and coloring their armpit hair just to shock you. They're not splashing paint on the Mona Lisa just so they can get attention. They're not writing the idiotic articles that you find in everyday feminism. They're actually out there doing something with their lives. So who am I more impressed with? In fact, as I'm sitting here talking about this, what I should do, I think I will, take a day and just go through very accomplished young people. Because we talk about these little snot-nosed brats all the time. What about the very accomplished young people who have done great things that will give you hope? Restore your faith in humanity, if you will. Now, that would be a show worth listening to. I think I'll go ahead and look into it. See, now, as best I could, was I kind of nice? It's a man who flies around like an eagle. Look, it's the end of the hole. That's illegal. Look at the muscles on those arms. They're like hammers. Look, it's the nut who walks around in pajamas. That's no nut, boy. That's Captain Nice. Nice? Nice, nice, nice. 
He's not a politician, but his pants are on fire. Could someone grab an extinguisher? Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the Icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Frank, I put up a post just a little while ago of somebody doing something completely idiotic. He has a coffee pot, and he's blowing into the top of the coffee pot. And the liquid is coming up out of the spout the opposite direction, you know, the way you pour it because yeah. of the pressure, and it's going directly into the cup. And I said, you know, if I... Is he I, doing this with a straw? No, no, no. He's just blowing into the top of the pot, and it's coming out through the spout <laughs> through pressure and directly into the cup. And I wrote, uh, beyond talk radio, what kind of talents do I have? I'm screwed. You know what? Uh, that's that's the best I've heard today. Yes. But it's only like it's not even 9 o'clock yet. No, I mean, it's not. Yeah. There's got to be somebody that can exceed that. I'm sure. But the, the, the question here is, Frank, okay, let's say just for the fun of it. What well, was it decaf or regular? Yeah. I, you know, I would think because of the then? accuracy, it had to be regular. Yeah. But now, because it nailed that cup. Now, so let me ask you, Frank, let's just for the fun of it say this gig completely went away. What kind of real life skills do you have? Well, um, yeah, see? Not not mm. not filling coffee cups no, with my no, no. With, with air out of my I, lungs. No, no. I, just, I, see, I think we have a you problem, know. Frank. Is what I'm getting at here. We've been at this for so long. Yeah, we have no skills. None whatsoever. Not really. We can sit here and talk and sound like we're really experts in all sorts of things. But when it comes right down to it, I mean, when your car has a problem and you lift the hood, do you know what you're looking Absolutely. at? Absolutely. No, not. not. No. <laughs> it's, all computer, it's all computerized now. Uh, yeah. You need to be an IT guy. Yeah, that's right. Well, even before it was computerized, any idea? Not really, no. Not really, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, plumbing goes, has a problem in your house. Can you do anything? Well, if I can find a towel, that's a start. Do you know who Red Green is? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's he, the comedian from Canada? Yes, he used to say, if you're not handsome, at least be handy. Yeah. Because ladies like that. Ladies like you. If you're not handsome, if you're handy, ladies will like you. I, I receive an F. We are not only not good looking, Frank. And I receive an F there, too. Yes, but we're not handy either. And that's two Fs. And at this point, we're both single men. And that's three Fs. I am beginning to see a trend here, Frank. Yeah, and with no future, that's four Fs. Men's college basketball, what a game and what a win for the Wyoming Cowboys on Saturday in Laramie, beating number 24 Colorado State in overtime in the border war, 79-76, an incredible comeback in regulation as the Pokes were down 11 with just over a minute to play. How about that? And then they ended regulation on a layup by Mason Walters off an inbounds pass as time expired. So that got everybody going, and CSU was in shock. It was an excellent play. It was right on cue. Then the Cowboys outscored the Rams by three in overtime to win it. Maybe the best comeback in the history of the school. Sam Griffin with 24. Quail caught with 18. For CSU, it was just a, a monumental choke uh, that nobody is going to forget. And they won't be in the top 25 this week. UW now 4-3 and three in Mountain West play, 11-9 overall. CSU 3-4 and four in the league and 15-5 and five overall. Cowboys will be at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs tomorrow. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team drilled Fresno State on the road back on Saturday, 69-47. So they're 7-1 and one in Mountain West play, 12-7 and seven overall. Allison Furtig, the Douglas High School grad, a double-double with 16 points and a dozen rebounds. Tess Barnes had 16 points. The Cowgirls will be in Las Vegas on Wednesday to meet UNLV. Juco basketball, the Cast 
Cooper College women lost to Western Wyoming at the T-Brew Gym on Saturday afternoon, 74-67. That dropped them to 17-5 and on the year. They came into the game rated 23rd in the country, but were ice cold from the three-point line going 5-24. Gasper College men got a, got to 13-9 with a 100-74 win over Western Wyoming, thanks to 23 points from Darius Robinson. The LCCC men from Cheyenne, 12-10, after a 92-75 row win over Northwest DePaul on Saturday. The Golden Eagles were led by E.J. Scroggins with 31. The LCCC women beat Paul 69-64, so they're 9-11 and on the year. Golden Eagles shot 57% from the floor in that game, and LCCC will be at Casper College on Thursday. High school wrestling, the huge Ronthon tournament was held over the weekend in Riverton. It's an all-class meet. They're really the de facto state championships on the boys' side. Thunder Basin from Gillette finished first in the team standings. The Trona was fourth and Cheyenne's fifth. Liam Fox of East won the 150-pound weight class, and Bo Russell of the Trona placed first at 165. On the girls' side, Star Valley took first with Cheyenne's fourth and Kelly Wall seventh. McKenna Barham of Laramie was first at 130. Metal King of Cheyenne Central placed first at 145. And the Trona's Isabella Decker took the top of the podium at the heavyweight spot. National Football League playoffs, Kansas City will be in the Super Bowl again. Second straight year, they beat Baltimore on the road 17-10 to in the AFC Championship game, and the Chiefs have won four of the last five AFC title games. San Francisco rallied from 17 points down to beat Detroit 34-31 in the NFC Championship game. So this 49ers are in the Super Bowl for the first time since 2020, and the last time they were in the Super Bowl, they played Kansas City. Okay, so let me ask you, if Kansas City was in there last year, I forget who, I don't know, who won? Uh, Kansas City did, they beat Philadelphia. Okay, so, okay. So they had their chance to win. And, and they, they won, and, and okay. they, you know. And so not again. The other guy's got a chance. I, I, I'm thinking San Francisco. Okay. Everybody go to Vegas and bet and, and against bet Kansas City. Yeah. yeah, because as we've discussed in just previous here, we have no skills, folks. That's four Fs. <laughs> None. Four Fs is a great organization. We should have joined it. Yeah. We would have gotten some skills. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. National news, local news, update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Nine oh six. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. It is a Monday, so rinse and repeat. Here we go and do it again. I got a whole list of Wyoming news. But, of course, at any time, you can interrupt me, change the subject, fine by me. That's what Open Phones is all about. Just jump right in there. Today's show is sponsored by the Reversible Bidet. It's refreshing for both ends. And now in Soothing Menthol. The more I play that, the more disturbing it gets. Morning, Mike. He's in Laramie, by the way. Good morning. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've got a few questions for you, Glenn. Yeah. Three of them relate to the events at the border down in Texas. Mm. And I'm kind of surprised that the Politburo for the drive-by media haven't started calling it an insurrection yet. Oh, that's a great point there. Why isn't it an insurrection? That should, yes. It should and, be, yeah. Yeah. And why isn't Governor Abbott being called an insurrectionist? That's great. You know, they should have done that by now. Yes. Yeah, and mm. the... the Go ahead. Well, I'm just thinking, it's not like it's a plot by the White House to accomplish anything that's doing nothing but harming America. Obviously, it's got to be Abbott. It's his fault. Yeah. yeah, so the third question I've got is, I'm relating to that, is 
How soon before Greg and Laramie or Dave in San Francisco call the Politburo and tell them to start using those terms? Yeah, yeah. Well, at some, they have to be given at some point the official uh, talking point list. And when yes. they get that, it's a bullet point list, really. Then they'll start saying those things. I'm just wondering. You know, I'm surprised they haven't done it by now. Wait but with for regard it. to the Mona Lisa incident, yeah, define sustainable. Yeah, the, that's something that you've actually asked a very good one right there. It's one of those phrases that they toss out, and yet if you ask anyone what that means, you're going to get a different answer from every different person you ask. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're talking about sustainable food. Isn't agriculture by definition sustainable? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a farmer prepares the field, plants, mm-hmm. tends, harvest, repeat. Yes, that would be a sustainable thing. And when you look at capitalism involved in this, you find that the shelves at the grocery stores are overflowing with food. So what's their problem? Oh, that's right. They hate capitalism. Yeah. I mean, look what happened to the old Soviet Union when they were yeah. when they had a five-year plan for agriculture. Yeah. Well, cells were empty. I think what really is going on here is these little <laughs> snot-nosed kids. They don't want to have to take care of themselves. They want to be taken care of. Therefore, food is a right, which means it will be provided for them. But if they live in a capitalist society, they have to work to provide their own food, and they don't want to have to work for a living. No, that's true. Yeah. Especially over in France, where they've got a 35-hour work week yeah. and other, all sorts of other things that the government interferes with. All right. Thank you, Mike. Great calls. I appreciate that. I, now, that was some really good points you made there. Now, I really do think that when it comes to these snot-nosed kids who, we want sustainable food, it's a right. Well, food is not a right. Health care is not a right. If you think it is, you don't understand what the word right is, which is why I love to ask the question of people who say that everything is a right, then where's my free gun? Because I have the right to bear arms. Therefore, I get a free gun. And they always stop right there. All of a sudden, that's not what a right means. A right is not a product or a service you get for free from the government. Food, health care, housing, clothing, things like that. That's your responsibility to yourself. And if you have a family, to your family members. But if you're a lazy socialist... You want to get everything for free. Everything's supposed to be provided for you. Let me ask you a question. If everything is to be provided for you and you don't have to work, then who's doing the work? How is it created? Somebody has to do the work. Oh, that's right. Socialists are in favor of slavery. And they are, really. Okay. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., third party candidate for president, is to hold a rally in Wyoming. Did you know he was even running? Okay, he's going to be in Wyoming. Cowboy State Daily reports: Independent candidate for president, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., will bring his message of being an alternative choice. Wyoming voters next month in hopes of convincing them to vote for him instead of either Trump or Biden. Kennedy announced last Friday he'll hold a rally at the Little America Hotel in Cheyenne from 6.30 till 8.30 p.m. February 7th. I'll have to check my calendar. I think I'm asleep, but okay. 
Kennedy has built his campaign around the premise that neither Biden nor Trump are expected to be, or they're expected to be party nominees, can provide solutions that America's need. If elected as president, Kennedy believes he can, and here, here we go. This is the moment I read this one sentence, I knew I can't vote for this guy. Kennedy believes he can fix the wealth disparity issues affecting the country. Okay. It is not government's job to do that. It is as long as they did it honestly, it's okay if somebody has more money than you. That's okay. Whoever you are listening to me right now, trust me, you have more money than somebody else. So should we take your money and give it to people who have less? So we're all equally poor? I don't care who you are. Somebody has less money than you. That's a disparity that needs to be fixed, right? And I don't care who you are. Somebody has more money than you. But that's a disparity that needs to be fixed. So how do you fix that then? The only way to fix it is to take it. That's a distribution, a redistribution of wealth. Take it and give it to somebody else. Now that's called theft. Now if you wonder why I call that theft... Taking anything from someone without their permission is theft, and that includes your money, because your money is also your property. You work for it, you earn it, and as long as you did it honestly, it's yours, and it's okay if you have a lot of it. So the moment I read that, Kennedy believes he can fix wealth disparity affecting the country. Yeah. Or even just, well, I'm going to fix poor. I'm going to fix... Not just the, uh, the distribution of wealth, which wealth is not distributed, but I'm going to go ahead and help the poor. Well, again, government has been trying to help the poor for how long in this country and how far have they gotten? In fact, it looks like it's actually gotten worse, hasn't it? All right, back to the phones. I go triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S off to Mills, Wyoming. Hey, Jude. Hey, good morning. First, I want to congratulate everybody that showed up on Saturday at the Eagles to sign the property uh, tax uh, petition. And um, I know for sure, if you didn't make it down there, uh, Dave's Dart has uh, a petition over there on 2nd Street by, what is that, Little Caesars Pizza or something? But anyway... um, I was under the the reason I hadn't signed up until Saturday. I was under the assumption that Rose's petition, since I had signed it, took care of it for me. Well, no, that's not. It, it's a it's a whole entirely new petition because it's reworded. So you have to basically start over. And I want to congratulate Rose because uh, yesterday, I guess she went over to the uh, Elks for their Sunday morning breakfast. And I think she's going to be there next week too. And she got over 70 signatures down there. So remember people that if you signed Rose's petition the first time, it's no good right now. We need you to resign. Oh, wow. So okay. get a hold of Rose on Facebook or go to Dave's darts or come have breakfast at the Elks club on Sunday. Well, you guys have really been out. I know there's been people in, Wheatland and Cody, all over the state, doing this. We're we're almost to their thirty thousand that they need to be put on the ballot. Okay, and you know, remember when I was telling you about this? That it's not just Wyoming doing this. 
that this is going on all over the country. Um, right now in um, Hamilton County, Ohio, they've got uh, property taxes that doubled in six months. Now, we have to ask ourselves, what is this really about? Well, I think this is to cover the money they've been spending like uh, drunken sailors. Right. And I think uh, this is also to uh, unsurp a lot of property from the elderly and the ones that are on fixed incomes and young families. I mean, when under Trump, we were, what, 3%, 2 to 3% for buying a house. Now we're at 76 yeah. They don't want you to own anything. What's the old saying? You won't own anything and you'll be happy? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it's about. Here's it's about what, was, um, property rights because property is wealth. Yeah, there's a gentleman that called from Laramie. made a really good point. He said, my property taxes have doubled, and yet what new services am I getting for it? So when I hear somebody say, hey, careful now, because if you chop down property taxes, that pays for so many services in your county. Well, I get it pays for services, but we just want it to go back down to what it was before it doubled. How how are you? Where's that extra money going? Well, I can tell you this much. When we went through this, when it started, uh, we went to our Natrona County Commissioner's and we told them, we said, you know, you got the highest mill levy in the entire state besides other, like, Teton County and stuff. I, I even think Teton's a little less. But we're at a 12 mill levy. And you know why they like that? Mm-hmm. Because they get all the federal funding. Right. And that's what you need to tell these county commissioners that are okay with this 12% mill levy. They don't need it. Right. And as far as they want to keep saying that the schools need the money, we spend more taxpayer money per child than just about anybody across America, and we still have stupid kids, right. you know? Um, and, and like with me, I haven't had a kid in school in 30 years. Why do I pay for it? Right. Okay. I get no benefit from it or from the hike in property taxes. And you know who's buying up? If you look in your little mailboxes, everybody, you're getting these little cards. We'll buy your property no matter what condition for whatever. And it all goes back to this BlackRock company. They want to own all of the housings and put America as perpetual renters. Okay. Thank you, Judy. Hey there, boys and girls, or whoever else you identify as. Welcome to Woke Radio, W-O-K-E. Woke Radio, W-O-K-E. Here are some hot tracks for your commute across the basement to the office. Just don't tell mom. She's upstairs and she thinks you're looking for a job. He's talking to himself in a padded room, and you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. Nine twenty-four is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, you can do what the last few callers did. Triple eight ninety-seven. What's the phone number? That's eight 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 ninety-seven. W o o d s. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. That's fine by me. I'll just kind of roll with it. So let's see. I got to be careful reading this story because it's Wyoming public media, and Wyoming public media has a lot of bias in it. So, and I will always say this: when it comes to the quality of their production work on air, as a broadcaster, I can tell you. They have very good, whether it's television or radio, their production skills are top. And you think they're in Wyoming, tiny Wyoming, as far as population goes, but their production skills are some of the best I've ever heard. 
However, their news articles are usually very far left-leaning. It says a new solar plan identifies more public land for solar projects, but not without conflict. New efforts aimed at expanding solar. It says renewables, but we know that's not true. Energy products in the projects in the West identifying areas to build these projects were announced Wednesday by the Biden administration. The goal is to establish net zero electric grid by 2035, which we also know is impossible. Not even close to being possible. But okay. And even if it what even if they did do it, it's not good, especially for the planet. But all right. Western Solar Plan hasn't been updated since 2012. The plan originally identified millions of acres of public land with high solar potential in six western states. Arizona, California, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah does not mention Wyoming here. The update version includes Idaho. Oh, here we go. Wyoming, the updated version, includes Wyoming and other Mountain West states. Okay, so now we're included. And once again, here's the problem of your government coming along and deciding what kind of energy production we're going to engage in. Rather than letting the free market decide it, which is where I disagree with Governor Gordon and other such people when they say we need an all-of-the-above approach. No, we don't. We need a free market approach. When the government gets involved and decides this percentage is going to be wind and this percentage is going to be solar and this percentage is going to be, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they want to get rid of all coal and natural gas, which are the reliable and affordable sources of energy because wind and solar are not reliable or affordable or clean or green or sustainable. Let the market iron it out. The government's only jobs should be to make sure, as the consumers, we're not getting ripped off. And the people who are producing this energy, creating electricity for us, are doing it in a clean way, not polluting. CO2 is not pollution. So forget CO2. I mean not spilling oil, you know, things like that. All right, reading on. Bureau of Land Management director said the new plan significantly increases the amount of public land available for, it says, clean energy products. These are not clean energy products. I'm I'm removing the bias from this. These are clean energy products. No, they're not. Solar panels are not. By the way, you cannot make solar panels without petroleum and coal, just so you know. But all right, reading on. Our goal is to drive development to areas of high solar potential that have fewer conflicts with other land use that are close to transition uh, transmission lines and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. The Interior Department uh, Acting De- Deputy Secretary said now is the time to invest in America's infrastructure. And, okay. Um, once again, it's not for government to get involved in this. This is not a job for government. Government's job is just to make sure we're not getting ripped off and it's done clean. CO2 is not a pollutant. Other than that, let the market figure out how to best produce this energy. And that's when we'll get the most affordable and the most reliable energy that we possibly could. Let's see. Uh, 70s Boomer. Hey there, Glenn. This is a good article about the current petition we have. I'll take a look at it. Thank you.
Coming up on 9.30, local news coming our way right after local news update on your weather forecast and other segment of open phones. Oh, and I do have an update for you. There's a whole lot of deer missing in Wyoming because not just of the drought, but the hard winter that came after it. We'll take a look at that next. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Time 36 at time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So, okay, this is a very good article. In fact... If you're done cleaning up the mess, Miss Mary, um, I'm sending you a story. And I'm just curious, can we get this author on? It's a wildfowl story. It's a good story. The headline is, they are few, they are fat, they are Western Wyoming's deer. And there's been a serious decrease, especially in the mule deer. The gist of what he gets into is... The mule deer, and well, deer in general, have had a really hard time. First, they went through a drought. We all did, but they had a tough time with that, right? At the end of the drought, here comes a hard winter. Uh, see, a harrowing winter that killed off more than 70% of the female deer that researchers were monitoring. Wow, that... and. Yet when Wyoming, University of Wyoming ecologists captured and immobilized uh, a doe in the winter range of December, she was still in remarkably good shape. That's good news. Good amount of body fat, stuff like that. UW's research team found a uh, portly deer. So the ones that are surviving are doing good. But the number of deer that are out there have been greatly reduced. And that even gets that when you take a look at, let's go over to Devil's Tower, for example. Wow, they got hit hard. Again, we went through a long period of drought, which was very hard on them. And that part of Wyoming was hardest hit by the drought. And then right after that, we have this winter time, which was really difficult on them too. And so we lost a lot, a whole lot. He says Wyoming's range deer, in other words, were just about as fat as captive deer. And I wonder if, because we've had a good year, this past um, year has actually been really wet. Let's go to 2023. Remember, we had, yeah, that was a really heavy winter. But when we came out of it, you notice how green everything was for a good long time? It was really nice. I mean, we went through, a lot of us, and even on this program, you know, we were all commenting on how green Wyoming was throughout most of 2023. And we got into October, and there was still a lot of green out there. That's just unheard of. Really good. Lots of water out there, too. So while the deer population in Wyoming has had a really hard time, at, but at the end of the season, those animals that were left, those animals that did survive, which is a small number, are really fat and doing really well. 
Don is in Nebraska about Medicare. Hello, Don. Hello, Glenner. Hey, I'll tell you what, about six months ago, about every twice a week for over six weeks, I got these phone calls from Medicare wanting to come to my house oh. and, and, and give me a checkup. Well, you know, I'm like you. I'm kind of suspicious of the government. So I said, nah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, if I got to go to the doctor, I'll just drive. Yeah. You don't need to come up here. And, uh, I mean, they were persistent. I mean, they they never gave up, you know. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it was like guys named, uh, you know, uh, Dietrich from India. Oh, or, okay. You know, yeah. And, and Joe from, from the Philippines and even Nicaragua. I got oh. a phone call from a guy from Nicaragua working for, uh, you know, this Medicare Advantage program. But oh. anyway, finally I, I buckled and I said, okay, you want to come see me? Come on up and see me. They put me on hold for about half an hour. Then they came back and they said, you know, we don't have anybody in your area. We're sure sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And now they're promising me $1,600 worth of groceries. I I get these phone calls and emails and texts. They Hmm. want to give me $1,600 worth of of groceries as as a Medicare benefit. Well, you know, I can buy my own groceries. I don't need their money yet. You know, if it gets worse, I might. But you know, we're we're kind of holding our own. Okay, but we, it just it just blows my mind. You know, I these am people just still waiting for that money I was supposed to get from the guy in Uganda. You know, the prince in Uganda oh, yeah. that all that money yeah. reserved. All I had to do was help him out, and we were going to be worth a ton of money. I haven't gotten that yet. Never. Too, yeah. And also, yeah, those well. those really gorgeous Russian brides have never arrived either. And I've tried answering them ah. back, but I just don't. You know. I'm beginning to no. think you, there's certain things on the internet that you can't believe. Yeah, well, I believe that too. But this, you know, yeah. this is the telephone. They're calling me up. Oh, you know? okay. You know, they're calling me up in the middle of the day. Oh yeah, we got sixteen hundred bucks for the groceries here. Why don't you go ahead and just, <laughs> well, just go ahead and give us your. Do you deliver? You know, your phone number <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be a long yeah. drive, but yeah. come on out. Yeah. Thanks, Glenner. All right, Don. I appreciate it. Don calling from in Nebraska. Scams of all types. I okay. I one time had a when I was home carrying my father. He had Alzheimer's. There was a scammer who called my house and was insisting on talking to my father, and he was just obnoxious about it. So I let him talk to my father. <laughs> I let him. Sorry, my dad has Alzheimer's and. Um, my dad kept him on the phone for about 20 minutes before the scammer hung up. My dad was really pleased that I allowed him to talk to that nice young man. So I, it was win, win, win all the way around. My dad got a chance to talk to a nice young man. The scam artist, his time was totally wasted. And I felt so good about it both. Let's wake up, Wyoming. And it's happening in Wyoming. It's on Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Forty-eight the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank, I'm going to have to ask for your advice on something. I tried, but they didn't listen to me. Okay, okay. So over in Miss Mary's office, mm-hmm. she yeah. sits behind a petition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the other side is that basketball hoop thing. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, yeah. Basketball. Yeah, I hear it all day. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sean, yeah, yeah. our good friend, yeah, he's DJ pretty good at it too. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, walks yeah. over there and he shoots baskets, and every yeah. so often, one of the baskets goes 
off the wall over Miss Mary's partition and lands. One time it hit a cup of coffee. Ooh. It went everywhere. And there is evidence of that all over the place to this day. Is it, is it, was there damage to her laptop? Is that there? Um, I don't know about that, but I know there was damage to her clothing. Well. All over the place. Okay. <clears throat> Every so often, one of those balls goes over the petition there, bouncing around the corner. <laughs> and lands right in something that she has there. Okay. This time, she had all sorts of salsas and guacamole and, you know, and um, I think some sour cream, stuff like that. Man, it nailed it. And when I walked back there, I started laughing because, you know, when that stuff splatters, it will get into places that you will never think. Yeah. It was like a food fight erupted. Yes. There. I mean, you would look at it and think, how the hell did it get there? And, and good luck getting it out. And there's Miss Mary trying to clean all of this up. And now I made the proposition, first off, and I understand Mary saying it's not my fault because it's not. But why do you keep putting your food there? Right. Okay. We On the other hand, downstairs. so here's what I think here. Okay. We have several choices. One, we move the basketball game. Yes. Okay. Two, Miss Mary could move, although she's very comfortable there. No, no, of course. No, she's that would not take moving. a while. She's got so much stuff there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's easier to move the basketball hoop. Three, stop putting your food there. Four, Sean needs to stop playing basketball there. I don't see it. Or extend the top mm. of the basketball game. To the ceiling. Okay. Some kind okay. Of, okay. Some kind of net. Take the. Okay. That's the fifth one. A top. A partition that goes all the way to the ceiling. Yes. Okay. Put a, put a net up there. You can like it's anything. You, you'll find yes. it. like a like like a volleyball net or something. Right. You know? Now I would like to brag a little bit here. I go in there every day and I make some hoops. Now I do this before Mary shows yeah. up, but I take two basketballs because there's two nets and I throw them both at the same time, and I've gotten pretty good at making baskets. First shot both hands. I have never ricocheted off of the wall in the ceiling and landed anywhere near Mary's desk. <laughs> well, maybe because you don't have that English spin yes. to go that way. I can go ahead and brag that Sean does that time from time to time. I never have done it. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Miss Mary's saying, um, you've ever seen him nail the TV? <laughs> I think we can change the net and still have the same problem. <laughs> I think the only way to solve this problem is we move the net outside. <laughs> Play at your own risk. Men's college basketball, how about those Wyoming Cowboys beating number 24 Colorado State in overtime on Saturday in Laramie, 79-76. An incredible comeback. Let's say that again. An incredible comeback in regulation as the folks were down 11 with just over a minute to play. And they ended regulation on a layup by Mason Walters off an inbounds pass as time expired. That was a really, really good play right on cue. And then the Cowboys outscored the Rams by three in overtime to win it. Maybe the best comeback in the history of the school. Down 11 with just over a minute to play. Wow. Sam Griffin with 24. Quail Cut with 18. For CSU, this was a monumental choke that no one's going to forget. And they won't be in the top 25 this week. UW now 4-3 and three in Mountain West play. 11-9 overall. CSU is 3-4 and four in league play and 15-5 and five overall. The Cowboys will be at Air Force tomorrow. Wyoming Cowboy Cowgirl basketball, they're on a roll. They've won 7-8 of eight in Mountain West play and 12-7 and seven overall after a 69-47 road win over Fresno State back on Saturday. Allison Ferdy, the Douglas High School grad with a double-double, 16 points, 12 rebounds. Tess Barnes with 16 points as well. Cowgirls will be in Vegas on Wednesday to meet UNLV. Chuco basketball, the Casper College women lost to Western Wyoming at the T-Bird Gym on Saturday afternoon, 74-67 to drop to 17-5 and on the year. They came into the game rated 23rd in the country, but made just 
5 of 24 three-point attempts. Casper College men 13-9 with a 100-74 win over Western Wyoming thanks to 23 points from Darius Robinson. The LCCC men from Cheyenne 12-10. They beat Northwest DePaul on the road on Saturday 92-75. E.J. Scroggins led the Eagles with 31. And the LCCC women beat Paul 69-64 so they're 9-11 on the year. And LCCC will be at Casper College on Thursday. High school wrestling, the huge Ronthon tournament was held over the weekend in Riverton at all-class meet the de facto state championship. On the boys' side, Thunder Basin from Gillette finished first in the team standings. Natrona was fourth, Cheyenne East fifth. Liam Fox of Cheyenne East won the 150-pound weight class, and Bo Russell of Natrona placed first at 165. On the girls' side, Star Valley took first with Cheyenne East fourth, Kelly Wall seventh, McKenna Barham of Laramie first at 130, Metal King of Cheyenne Central first at 145, and Natrona's Isabella Decker took the top of the podium at the heavyweight spot. National Football League playoffs, Kansas City will be in the Super Bowl again. Second straight year, they beat Baltimore on the road 17 to 10 in the AFC Championship game. They'll face San Francisco as the Giants, as the, uh, not the Giants, but the 49ers rally from 17 points down to beat Detroit 34 to 31. The Super Bowl will be on February 11th in Vegas. Vegas is where they're going to be. Okay. Vegas. How often do they have a Super Bowl in Vegas? This will be the first time. The first time. This, okay. Because I'm asking that because I've never heard of a Super Bowl in Vegas. But the way Vegas puts on a show. Yeah. Oh, it, it took all these leagues forever just to have any professional mm. events there yeah. whatsoever with the gaming thing. And like, all right, we're, yeah. well, you can come and have all this stuff. And yeah. yes, the Super Bowl will be in Vegas. Okay. Thank you, Frank. That means it's easier to bet on it, too. Think about it. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. It's Wake Up Wyoming.